As a disclaimer, Monsterfuckers Anonymous is indeed about wanting to love and have sex with monsters, but we want to make things extremely clear from the get-go. The monsters we will be selecting will be sentient and able to consent. Not all of the chosen monsters will be sapient, but we will not be endorsing zoophilia or bestiality. Anthropologically, monsters all around the world and media representations of them have had many racial and sociological implications. We will be as transparent and ethical as possible, while also sex positive and mostly having fun. Monsters. Creatures feared all around the world in folklore and myths. Terrifying beings such as the fiendish and frightening fae, demonic devils, sultry sirens, hazardous harpies, and countless chaotic creatures coming from crevices of every continent. As long as stories have existed, there's been one pressing question that has remained unanswered by scholars for generations. One powerful thought that has plagued our minds for millennia. Can we fuck these monsters? That is what we're here to find out today. Welcome to Monsterfuckers Anonymous. to another episode of MFA, aka Monsterfuckers Anonymous, a show where we talk about monsters, how much we want to date them, and then rate them on a scale that we have made for no reason. Like, we invented a new scale for absolutely no reason. I am your colorful creature consultant cleric, here to talk about monsters in a weird scenarios that never ever make sense. But a one-person podcast would always be boring, so with me, as always, is the wind beneath my wings, our tenacious technical analyst, Joe. To clarify, we're not changing the scale. Yeah, we're not changing the scale. No, fuck that. Yeah. We spent way too much time making it for no reason. Just to get rid of it. So much time. So yeah. much time. So much to, at it least 30 minutes. It was not just a Discord call. No. <laughs> no, no. It was definitely more than 30 minutes, you know? But everyone, thank you for tuning back in. So we're continuing our little series on elemental creatures. As the previous two episodes have shown, we're do, we've done water, we've done fire, and we're now moving on to our third element, which, Joe, would you like to say which element we're doing? Uh, cum. Yes, the element of cum. Now, I know many of you may... <laughs> <laughs> I, could, I couldn't even continue. I didn't even know where I was going to go with it. No, actually, we're not. Unfortunately, we're not doing cum. That's going to be another episode. That's but, every episode. I mean, every episode, technically. Okay, we're like a minute in. We cannot be talking about cum this early. It's, you can't. What element are we okay, doing, say, Joe? Say what, the, say what the element is, then. No, Joe, I throw it to you. You do the element. It's air. Air. It's air. Air. Joe, how do you feel about air monsters? Air signs, probably the worst signs. Oh my god, you fucking astrology racist. Astrology racist? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Bioessentialist, thank you. (laughs) I almost spit out my drink. (laughs) Air monsters. There's really, honestly, not a a lot whatsoever. It also is doubly hard since you're not a fan of birds. I think we talked about this last episode. It's where you're not a fan of birds either. I hate birds, yeah. So this really is just like the past water and air have been like your worst like topics to bring up. I, on the other hand, I'm actually a big fan of air creatures. I like the idea of like flying and just like being free flowing and just 
which is a which is a bit of a hypocrisy on my point that I hate wings. I hate wings, but I love the idea of flying in the air. That's interesting because because of Maximum Ride, probably I've always I think the wings are cool. Like Angel from X Men, that's like always been like a cool concept to me. It's just a bird face. So let's just dive into it for everybody. If this might be your first episode or as a refresher course, or as we say almost in every episode, how the show is going to go is I'm going to present one monster. Joe is going to present one monster. And then we have a third monster that's brought to us by our producers. We have no idea what that monster is, but we're going to rank it and describe it and have a whole conversation about it live and figure out where it falls. Because we have like preferred monsters, like the ones we're bringing to the table. But this one may, me, me and Joe may both love it. We may both hate it. We may both be indifferent to it. But that's the mystery of our mystery monster. Traumatized by it. Yeah, the past two have been traumatizing, to be honest. One was sad and one literally took me out of it. That's the joy of the show. But I think we've rambled a lot during this first little portion. Are we ready to dive in? wings and bird faces, Cleric, why don't you start your fucking thing? Start my fucking thing? Yeah. All right, I'll start my fucking thing. So the air monster that I'm bringing to the table is one that's been known from Greek mythology, as you've been talking about a lot. I love mythology. But also one that's stapled to D&D, and that is the hazardous harpies. Harpies combine the body, legs, and wings of a vulture with the torso, arms, and head of a human female. They are fond of entrancing travelers with their songs and alluring them to shockingly cruel dooms. When they were done playing with their captives, they slew them and finally devoured them. Taking glee and suffering and death, the sadistic harpy are always on the hunt for their next prey. I... I'm not interested in harpies. What the fuck? <laughs> what is that? No, no. Okay, okay. Because here's the thing. I, th- I think first I'll talk about their mythology a little bit, and mm-hmm. which is interesting because I was reading a bit of the D&D lore about harpies, which fuck brings you. them into... No, okay, don't fuck me. Don't, okay, listen. Don't listen. fuck me. Don't fuck me. <laughs> I'll, bring, I'll, I'll describe it for a reason because okay. it, it, it's both mythology-wise, like the lore that D&D has for it, as well as the way media has presented harpies, that I'm not a huge fan of them, but I want to talk about them. Okay. okay. So, like, in D&D lore, the idea is that there was this elf who went to a woods, she heard the gods, like, a god song that a bird sang and fell in love with it instantly. Another god tried to sing it to her because the, the original god flew off and she couldn't find it, but she got so upset and, like, jealous and angry that her soul literally corrupted from love. Like, her, her love turned to hate. And she became a half-bird creature. What the fuck? And so then she, like, her love literally came to consume, like, to hatred. And that's why she consumes the flesh of anybody who happens. So that's the original origin of harpies, technically. In D&D? In D&D. Okay. What also sucks about it is that D&D describes harpies as absolute cowards. <laughs> like, that's not even a joke. They describe them as, like, that's literally, like, a thing where they, like, use their songs to lure, like, weak adventurers to them and then torture them. But then once they, like, figure out they may not have the upper hand, they, like, bitch out and run away. Like, they'll completely leave and, like, run and hide. This is another Horned Devil situation, but you willingly chose Harpies. You no, know, because, again, I want to talk about it because it's, it's also interesting how the media portrays them because Harpies do that. They're cowardly. They're all this other stuff. But media, especially, like, I was talk- I actually brought up Monster Masune, Monster Masune, which is a great show, absolutely one of my favorites to watch. Tihi, 
would love to talk about it on the episode, is that they have a whole bunch of range of monster girls. And one of the monster girls is a harpy. And they play her, which is a very much a weird change from the D&D one, which is a bunch of cowards. The harpy girl is played as like this very young, naive, curious kind of monster where like everything is new to her. And she's very naive. So like if you start talking to her, like she'll like immediately just like dive into the curiosity. So they really play into the bird angle of like shiny things, which is also part of regular harpy lore, which is that they're like they're attracted to shiny shit. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at her. At this point, she's just like um as anthropomorphized a furry character can get without like Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like a cat girl, like Final Fantasy 14 type cat type girl. B, yeah. Yeah. So that's she represents the more like I think girliest version of or the more like welcoming version of a harpy. But if we take actual harpies into account, actual harpies fucking suck. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Like I said, they're ca- like they lower people in with their voices and then once they do, they literally torture them. Like in, for in, in Greek mythology. Yes, it's the same. Wow, okay, cool. The lore of how they become harpies is definitely different. I think it involves several gods, but mm-hmm. it's basically the same where harpies still like they're like air sirens basically. Which sounds appealing. It sounds appealing in general, but say we were to transpose them into a more modern setting, like we always do, tee But with, if we were to bring it like harpies into like, if you were to date a harpy in, in like, in modern world, she'd be like the dom girlfriend. It's like, a, it's like the financial doms, you know those? Yeah, the fin doms. I know fin about doms. fin doms. Don't fucking, don't <laughs> ask me. Like, like a fin dom, but apparently historically ugly <laughs> is what's. Historically, I mean, harpies have been no. Well, actually, yeah, they might be historically ugly. They, I mean, they're they're well, from what I'm just briefly seeing, they're described as ugly creatures. Yeah, I think the corruption of their like the sing of the elf turned them ugly as their souls. So the only thing enticing about them is their voice. So if you have like a voice fetish, maybe that's like where you go for. But you're definitely going to be like this is a fine dumb. Like you have to constantly pay her. But she's never going to be nice to you. Like, I don't think there's a nice bone in her body. Okay, well, now I like her more. <laughs> oh, my God. You fucking masochist. Oh, my God. I'm fascinated by harpies. Not in a way that I'm attracted to them. Because, A, wings. I like the claws. Like I said, like I think I've constantly mentioned legs are always an interest of me. But, like, I'm interested in harpies because they're getting... They get so much shit. Everything I've read about them makes them seem terrible to be with. Because it's like, again, you could have the fine dom ones, which means like even no matter how much you devote yourself to a harpy, and the only thing that's really attracting you is her voice, and then she's going to fucking beat your... She's going to clobber your dick. <laughs> she's going to say it's clobbering time on your pee-pee. Is that not attractive? I'm just kidding. You like um, to get clobbered on your pee-pee? Well... <laughs> We can talk about it, um, but I guess should we get into the rating because, like, well, well, what do you think? I know I've brought I've brought a lot of points. Right, to this. Yeah, um, I the more you're talking them down, the more in general that appeals that makes something appeal to me more. What the um, fuck? Looking at the monster Masume thing, this bitch is just a bird. If they were a person, harpies cannot discern glass walls, windows, or doors, and will actively fly into them while trying to get inside a house. Yeah, um, they are mostly petite, which like I don't generally 
judge IRL, but if I like, if I am really kind of getting into a character, I like them to be kind of thick. I like them. I like like. You like big titties. I like big titties. I like big asses. I love fat women, fat people. And like, it looks like Greek mythological um, harpies have a lot of variety to them as well. It's looking like in this, um, in some artistic portrayals, it's like mostly a bird, like a woman's face and like the rest is a woman's body. I mean, sorry, a bird's body. And like, there's just like the indentations of breasts. And then in other, there's, there's just straight up woman's face, woman's breasts. And then the rest of it is like bird uh, yeah. sort of bodies so who knows what sort of like horny bitch wanted to fuck a bird and was just like what if i had tits what if it had titties what if it had titties dude that woodpecker looking kind of thick what if it had titties woodpecker but in general like i don't know yeah so we talked a lot do we want to jump into the pop scale I guess like there's, there's like three things I'm just balancing in my head right now. And I have like, if I am thinking of like the Findom, I would honestly prefer that to let's baby, baby girl. Let's harpy. use, if we're going to go for a, the Papa scale, let's use the base D and D Greek. Okay. Yeah. 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 And let's use that as our base for going into the Papa scale. As for mm-hmm. possibility, uh, I'm going to let you, I'm going to say right now, I think it's a six. Okay. Is that, yeah, tell me why. So six is one, as I always bring it to location, usually they're in like crags and like high mountains. Mm. So you have to like real struggle to get to like where a, where a harpy is. But even if you take out location, it's physically possible because they have the body, like their bodies are structured so they can physically do it. And they do seek out adventurers. So it's not improbable. But if you come off too strong, because if we take like the coward thing, and morph it into a more positive light. It's like, instead of if you, they may be shy. So like, if you come on too strong, then it's like, they will back away instantly and fly off. So you like, you need to be very smart about how you go approach a harpy. So I would say like a six kind of impossibility of location, as well as their own personality kind of thing, where they'll seek you out, but it may not work out unless you're like, sort of meek when you approach them. I feel like they're probably they're honestly like a common encounter in D and D, but obviously that doesn't mean, necessarily mean that like they are as accessible. But as there are different types of birds, I guess I'm assuming there would be different sort of harpies that prefer different elevations. That's a good I point. Feel like, I feel like it's a seven. Yeah, actually, at the very least. I'll raise actually I'll raise up my score. I think I'll even go as far as to give it an eight because okay. say there's different var- variations of harpies and they're not just like the vulture ones that are read in the description. Because yeah, in the Monster Masune one, like, again, to bring her up, she has, like, she's technically, I think, a blue jay? Like, she's not a vulture, she's, like, an eagle or a blue jay or something, because her wings are blue. Yeah. So I think there's also different types. So if there's different type of birds, then there's different type of harpies that are in different types of environment. So you can't, and you said they're common. So I'll, I'll bring it up to an eight. So now we go to attractiveness. Um, attractiveness, ah, this is hard. I'm going to judge you so hard for this one. Don't do this. Don't. Oh, no. This puts a lot of pressure on me. Um, I think I'll go with, I'll go with a six. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you mean? Oh my God. What do you mean? Okay. I understand because is it, so tell me why. Okay. It, a, the wings. I always have to knock off points for wings. <sighs> what do you mean? <sighs> no, just keep going. I'm just reacting. Okay. Like, the wings are important. I'm not super attracted to like the fine dom personality. I don't mind getting domed. Believe me. 
I don't mind at all. But I also just don't like, like I like that when we like we have a loving relationship. I don't want to have to like constantly have to give you money in order soft to get domed. Dom. Yeah, I like a soft dom. I really do prefer a soft dom. So like the the hard dom of it is not for me. And then even a little bit of the curiosity. While I do love going on adventures, I'm not like the bird part of her personality where she runs into windows might be a problem. So I think physically attractive, and if it's the more soft dom version of it with a little bit of adventurous side, that'll that's a that rounds it out to a six. I think in my book. I think on average harpies are an eight for me. Okay. And I think because I guess they're sort of similar to Lamia in the way that they are. Yes, they are sort of punishers, but also they're just assholes in general. Like they're kind of akin to trickster spirits. I'm reading that um, they have been sort of personified as just the destructive nature of wind, which certainly makes them a part of the air category here. Mm. Um, But that is just making me think about like so on windy, uh, particularly windy days. It is just harpies going around and just throwing shit around and eating their food and all that kind of shit, which is hilarious. It's, that is really funny. It's funny, but also, again, I think you're knocking Lamias a little bit because they literally eat human flesh, and so do technically harpies. Harpies will consume you once they're done playing with you. They will physically eat you. That's the same thing with the Lamias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll, they'll both eat you. Like That's this is, fine. It's not fine. You're eating your... <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're eating your human flesh. Like, that's not... Yeah. Like, it's, <laughs> How is it fine? How is it? How is that a fine trait? That's not like a, that's a, how is, I, 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 every if time I'm honestly, if I'm pursuing something that is man eating or man killing and it's audacious enough and accessible enough, then I'm probably expecting some kind of like big bang end or something that that says more about you than you even know. Dog. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It does. I'm ready to risk it all. And I think a harpy is at least an eight. All right, fine. Actually, speaking of audacity, with your human flesh-eating fetish or whatever. I don't even think it's an audacious either. (laughs) It's not, actually. I'll I'll, I'll agree with that. It's not audacious because, A, we've talked about how their commonality, and B, they go out of their way to attract people to Mm -hmm. their doom. Doom, quote-unquote. And if we assume their doom is being their pay pig, that's a doom that many people would willingly go to. So I honestly think audacity wise it's only a three it's not that audacious hmm if it's not that audacious would it not be seven yeah you're right you're right you're right ah i dropped my pen if they are as accessible as fucking birds and even yeah obviously danger where wherever you sort of end up but in a forest encounter in a mountain encounter whatever um there are a lot of forests and mountains that exist so i feel like a seven also yeah is pretty decent uh, so then we go to parental approval. One. Oh my god, yeah. Your parents aren't approving this, because there's A, no way for her to polymorph, so she's just coming home straight up. And then B, she'll probably eat your parents. She'll lower your parents in with a beautiful song, because she'll be like, look, look at what I can do. And she'll be like, oh, okay, well, let's do your one song before you kick you out of our house. And then she'll be hypnotized, and then eat your parents. I'm trying to not make the joke um, that Again? I usually do. Yeah. <laughs> the joke being... If they eat my parents, it's fine. But obviously, parental acceptance. I mean, first of all, I guess because... There's no way to polymorph. I think that's the more important thing. There's no way for them yeah. to appear a human. Because if we're going off the assumption of our... As parental approval usually is of our Christian immigrant parents, they're going to see something that's not human and immediately have a meltdown. 
and you'll <laughs> never have you'll never get your parental approval for marriage, which isn't really that important in general, but mm-hmm. yeah. I want to say three. <sighs> because I feel like even though this is ridiculous, I feel like you could pull off something similar to either the Selkie or something more temporary or whatever. I don't know. I feel like um, you could just kind of be like, this is my long-term partner. We are kind of long distance. I'm able to see them more than they will be able to see you. Um, They travel, that fucking kind of thing. And I feel like FaceTime could work if just the face. (laughs) If just the face. If you do like FaceTime and shit like that, maybe that brings it up to like a, a two in my book. I'm still keeping the one, but it may bring it up to a two. But again, eventually they physically have to see them eventually that's fair yeah and in that eventuality it's not it's not working out so you got your score i got my score so now we're going to pause for math to get our overall score so we got our overall score so my score for the harpy is a (laughs) 5.5 do you want to clear your throat one more time Hmm? it's not if you just keep talking and not acknowledge it people are it's just going to be on my file Oh, wait, you're so right. Let's start that over. <laughs> you fucking cunt. No, don't you do fucking this. Bitch. You fucking bitch. All right, we got our overall scores for the Harpy. I get personally got a 5.5 for them, which I think is pretty average. Uh, Joe, what did you get? I got a 6.3. All right, so then combining those two, we get an overall score of a 5.9 for the Harpy, which, you know, that's above average. Which it is, is pretty- indeed above average. <laughs> Funnily enough, it is the same score as the Aaron Yu's. Really? Yeah. I guess fine doms really just like get to a 5.9 for us or like dominatrixes. Interesting. I think we just got, I want to find a soft dom. That's who I need. And then that's an immediately like 10 out of 10. Uh, I think that's it for the hazardous harpies. It's time for Joe. What are you bringing to the wind table? I'll be talking about the Kitsune. And yes, they are actually related to the air element. Kitsune are fox spirits who are best seen as either vampiric tricksters or holy divine nobles, taking on the form of either beautiful women or will-o'-wisp type balls of light. They take on the role as messengers in one way or another. Tenko are the divine Kitsune with the greatest of power and highest of ranking, gifted with the powers of clairvoyance and elemental conjuration. However, the younger the Kitsune, they range from mischievous to villainous, either causing harmless illusions or deadly possessions. Okay, Joe, you gotta break it down for me. How are these technically wind spirits? I mean, from what I've seen of Kitsune before, like how they act, they're more like, they turn into wit, like like you said, they turn into wisps and like go away. So I guess it's more of the, the spiritual, like the, they're kind of ghostly in a way, if that makes sense, which is technically yeah. part of the wind. I think they probably qualify more as like yokai or like demons of some sort, but you know, I've, there's definitely some sort of extra planar metaphysical level. Mm-hmm. So quick question. These are tangentially related to the creatures where like the topic we're supposed to have, you know? Like, a certain werebear would be tangentially related to werewolves? No, you're con- you're continuing to just completely miss what I'm trying to convey. Sort of what I mentioned in the sexy description, mm-hmm. Tenko in particular, 
are kitsune that possess divine power. They are also, Tenko is translated as heavenly or a celestial fox. Hmm. So what, what kind of personality would you attribute to a, a kitsune like this? There's like all sorts of kitsune. I believe there's like four types. The two sort of that are the most known will go from like oldest to youngest, or I guess youngest to oldest is easier. The younger the kitsune, specifically if they are under a thousand years old, they are more likely to be trickster spirits. They possess people, they possess things. And most of the time, their vampiric victims are men and women are more likely to be just, you know, just a simple possession. They have more either evil intent or simply the more seductive, playful sort of intent. Fox spirits or kitsune often convey or manifest themselves in beautiful as beautiful women or again on the more true form of themselves will-o'-wisps are sort of fox spirits carrying balls of light and tenko or the celestial foxes or the the greater the older kitsune spirits they are kitsune that reside in the heavens or the clouds they are over a thousand years old at that point and no longer need to feed off of mommy people. Sorry. Sorry. They no longer need to feed off of people like energy or life force that the younger Kitsune need to. Okay. So they, they just vibe out basically. They vibe. They also, they definitely help gods alongside create certain laws or I guess maintain those certain laws. Okay. All right. So here's, here's what I'm picturing. Here's the here's the image that I have in my mind now of like a kitsune girlfriend. Is you this is a kitsune girlfriend who you meet very early on in life, like maybe in your like early twenties, and she's a prankster, constantly playing pranks on you, constantly mm-hmm. like switching out your shampoo for bleach and shit like that, just like constantly playing like she's adventurous, like she's adventurous, she's fun, like but she's also very mischievous, which is not a problem. She's honestly kind of doing that. Like she's very mischievous side, which is very draining. Let's say, like, not even physically draining, just emotionally draining to have constantly right. look around a corner and there's a prank. There's like a prank. Like you step in, like you wake up, you have like to work at five thirty in the morning. You have to start getting ready, and you open the door, and there's a fucking banana peel, and you slip, and she just starts laughing, and you're like, "Dog, are you fucking serious?" Like mm-hmm. I get it. This was fun the first thirty times you did it, but this is getting annoying now. The <laughs> first thirty. But if you stick with it, if you stay with her in a long term relationship. Then mm-hmm. it kind of morphs into a more mature, like she gets a, like a job as a lawyer, or like not even a lawyer. She gets a job at like city hall. She gets a and clue. She's hope, she gets a clue. Gets a clue. Great, a great movie. But she, like, becomes part of city hall, and now she's like a like she makes help makes practices and lawyer stuff, and you're just like, hey, babe, you want to like put a whoopee cushion under some uh, one of like a senator's seat? And she's like, that's very unprofessional. I don't do that anymore. Can we like talk about it? like? Can we just go to a fine dining restaurant? You're like, oh, okay, yeah, we can, we can do that. It's I, that kind of vibe. I definitely that's something similar, which I do agree to the sort of scenario there. Or this could have just sort of been that incredibly fucking annoying girl that you knew, sort of like pre college. Like mm-hmm. this is the person that was emotionally draining. She basically she literally kind of sucked all of the energy out of you, but was also still someone that was able to flit and fly in between so many other either relationships or friendships or whatever mm-hmm. sort of experiences. And then 
we go into maybe like marrying age, whatever that is that you prefer stage of her life. She becomes someone that is able to settle down. She has tired herself the fuck out. Yeah. Like she'd rather settle down with a good book than do anything crazy. And you're just like, hey, do you want to like yeah. go out to like go hiking? And she's like, no, okay. Like I she have to might, sit out a whole weekend. She might still like hiking. Well, um, she's but like, continuing... I don't want to go up like a big mountain. Like I want to just like do a nice leisurely hike, like nothing crazy. Sure. Kitsune are commonly portrayed as lovers and also as devoted wives. They have been said to bear offspring and. Sometimes those offspring or the children get some supernatural powers out of it as well. The fun thing, not the fun thing, but the interesting thing is that whoever the Kitsune ends up marrying as a wife, as soon as you find out that they are a fox spirit, they have to leave you. <laughs> they are do, you fucking it, serious? Yeah. It's similar to the Selkie in like Korean angel situation. Like you just cannot acknowledge the supernatural part of it. Okay, so that plays into so many new problems. I'm going to be yeah, so honest. This, this plays certainly. into... Because then, like, she'll obviously do some magic to, like, trick... Like, say if we're doing the more annoying, like, the beginning stage of a relationship where she hasn't, like, matured or anything like that at, at that point. And she's playing these pranks, like, supernatural pranks. Eventually, you're going to fucking catch on. Or maybe she'll slip and, like, sh- like a tail... Like, it'll be, like, 3 o'clock in the morning and she'll walk to the bathroom and she has, like, a fucking tail. And it'll be like, I, I just have to ignore this or she'll disappear on me. Which is, like... If you're doing like a one night stand kind of situation or like a fling kind of thing, like eventually mm-hmm. when, when you get bored or like when her pranks get too much, you're like, oh, I know you're a Kitsune. Mm-hmm. And it's like, mm-hmm. easy peasy that she's gone. But if like you get into a long term relationship with her, that's a part of someone you have to constantly ignore. Like you can never, like you could never acknowledge it, which can become difficult. Certainly. In like a long term thing, which is like, I think is that adds a new sense of problematic to the situation. Can I read you this one sentence from the Kitsune Wikipedia? Sure. That will make you mad, just to preface this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm ready. Typically, the young man unknowingly marries the fox who proves a devoted wife. The man eventually discovers the fox's true nature, and the fox wife is forced to leave him. In some cases, the husband wakes up as if from a dream, filthy, disoriented, and far from home. He must then return to confront his abandoned family in shame. Oh, my God. No, what the (laughs) fuck? This is that's terrible. Not even not even like a terrible like that's just sad. It's very sad. Yeah. That's so sad. Oh my god. That I don't want to be with a Katsune now. Like that's just that's just terrible. Like how would I like imagine you fall in love with a Katsune and then like you you acted and like you imagine you were able to like for like you'd never find out. But then like twenty years in the future, like you have kids, you have this whole relationship, and then one day she slips up or you like end up bumping into her in the shower and all her tails are out and then just like what is this and then snap your fingers you don't have any kids you don't have a wife and you're in the middle of fucking you're like beat up without your wallet in the middle of a fucking mountain range mm-hmm. and you just mm-hmm. had to go back and it was like what happened to you like yeah you were married but we don't you just like went off into the woods and we never saw you again it's like i that destroys somebody that is horrible yeah that's true in the meantime however um <laughs> You're de- when you're dealing with the younger Kitsune, or I guess younger as in like they're not close to the thousand years of age, they are these vampiric tricksters. So kind of similar to succubus, succubi in a way, they through sexual contact drain you, and that does prove for them to also be not only potentially emotionally draining but sexually draining. 
Um, Every time you have sex with them, you were fucking tired. You're not selling me on this. I'm gonna be real. Like you I, know, think, I, I think I, I'm telling. I'm saying some great points here. No, like I I know I haven't sold the harpies. I didn't sell them at all. Let's be honest. I I know what I did. I know what I was going to. But you came mm-hmm. into this like I love this monster. Here it is, and you're not selling me on it. This is making me feel actively worse being around a kitsune. I I want to actively avoid a kitsune now. I honestly, if a kitsune approached either of us, we would be instantly bewitched. We would be like, I would fucking do anything for you. You well, are beautiful and you are emotionally, sexually draining and a little bit mean or potentially even evil. But then sort of when the older that they get and the longer you stay with them, there's I don't want to say that there's like some kind of otherworldly understanding that ends up happening between the two of you, like, hey, if you just don't acknowledge this one part, then we are good. That's why we should build on lies. Yeah, right. And um, that's something I'm willing to risk. I will say this: if any monster girl ever, uh, monster, not any monster girl, if any monster person ever came out to me and said, "You're my bitch now," I'd 100 percent go with them instantly. I don't care what exactly. monster they are. Exactly. I'm being objective because I'm in front of a screen. But in actuality, if any of them walked up to me and said, "You're my bitch boy now," I'd say, "Yes, daddy. Yes, mommy. Plug it up." Yeah, yeah, and. They mostly were mischievous or pranked, proudful merchants. Um, it's, it's saying that they played tricks on overly proud samurai, greedy merchants, and boastful commoners. Um, the crueler ones did worse shit to less shitty people. But in this case, sort of the more mischievous version of the kitsune, which I think is like the more media representative kitsune, honestly... I'm gonna. We're gonna finally mention it. Okay, um, we're, we're gonna pull that. We're, we're gonna pull we're this gonna, clip. We're gonna finally mention it. Um, the only Kitsune media representation that I really actively have on hand is Corruption of Champions Two, which uh, Claire and I have been playing a lot of. Yeah, <laughs> recently. honestly, it's also one of the reasons why I want to talk about harpies because harpies are an active part of that game. In Corruption of Champions, Kyoko is your Kitsune wife who is stuck in a pocket dimension, and you only ever are able to see her uh, now in a Kitsune den, which is in a sort of otherworldly celestial, not celestial necessarily, but other otherworldly sort den, of yeah. location. It's, she's interesting. I like her. You could have kids with her. I know that you've been just like, uh, like just skipping her entire story. Yeah, though. because even is as the base, like when I talked to her originally, I wasn't interested. And even now it, it, you've given me more details about Kitsune lore. I'm less interested genuinely. Like, there's so many cooler monsters out there, and, like, I would want mm-hmm. to be with one that isn't going to, like, basically gaslight Gately girl, girl boss me when I find out who she is. How do you feel about Succubi? Aha, I would 100% do it every time. How do you feel about Kitsune? No, 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 never. You wouldn't fuck a Kitsune? No, okay, I'd fuck a Kitsune. Let, let's be, let, me, let me put it, let me put base. If we're doing, like, a one-night stand, then, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm fucking a Kitsune. I'm fucking any monster we have here. If I have a one-night stand with a Lamia, I'm doing it. Easy. I'm doing a one-night stand with any of these monsters. So but I'm talking... Me, what, do, what do you mean? Let me be clear. You're racist. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <sighs> no. Um, no, it's not that I'm... It's that I... When I see... When I'm picturing with a monster, I like to picture... I think this is also shows a little bit uh, how we differentiate it both romantically and kind of like... Yeah. How we do it. It's like I'm more monogamous and long-term when I'm with a monster or when I'm thinking about a relationship with any of these monsters... And so in long term with a Kitsune is absolutely terrible. There is mm-hmm. no long term. Basically, mm-hmm. there, there is no objective long term with them. And I think you look more, well, you do look long term, you look more short term too. 
and prefer the short term with the monster of just like, hey, if I can get with it, I can get with it kind of vibe. But I think it's time. We've talked a lot about Katunes. We've talked a lot about just the general vibe of them. I think it's time we hop into the pop-up scale. Possibility of this monster, while it is possible to hook up with them, I don't, or be with them, it, <laughs> it, it's not... It's both possible and it's not. It's this weird dichotomy of it is possible to be with them, but it's not possible to stay with them. You know, I disagree. There is a way. You just have to build up, build oh your foundation God. of li- a relationship of lies. So that's why my I, possibility is nine. Nine? All right. Live your life. Live your life. Live your life. I'm not gonna tell you no. I'm not gonna tell you yes. I'm just gonna give a straight five. I'm doing a straight five. I, a Which nine is wrong. Is, it's not wrong. If a nine is high, a nine is way too high for nine this monster. Very high. If yeah. you have to build your entire fucking possibility on lies, okay, it is possible to get with them, which is a base five. It's possible if like you meet them at a bar kind of situation. But it's not possible. This I. <sighs> we have to. We're averaging out all of the like, want, like short term sexual encounters, short term yeah. romantic encounters, long term, etc. I know. This I is know. I know. I get it. 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 It's a nine. Yeah. Attractiveness ten. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I'm gonna give it a nine too. Cool. It's hot. The Katuna is hot. I want to. I want to say this. Like I said, I think I say this almost like once or twice per episode. Is like, even though I'm shooting all these monsters, I still fuck them every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just like. I just like. I'm. A, I'm the Simon Cowell of monster fucking audacity. It's. I don't think it's that audacious to get with them. It's not audacious. Honest. I feel like just depending. There's like a very. There's like a spectrum of Kitsune that exists in terms of obviously mischievous to villainous or like divine and noble. So it prob- it's probably like midway, like probably. Yeah, I was going to give this a five, to be honest, because if we're going through the audacity of like for to get with initially, not that audacious. I would say I would rank it one of the higher monsters you can get with. But mm-hmm. when it comes to wanting to stay with that, it's very audacious to do a long term relationship. That's true. I yeah. think to average it out, I would say at a base five. Genuinely. I'll go with a four. Okay. Parental acceptance. This is also high for me. <laughs> oh, I would say this is actually high for me as well. Yeah. Because the only downside to it is that if you do discover that they are a Kitsune, that relationship is gone, and so are your parents. So they'll be like, why haven't you been married for the past 30 years? Like, I have. I thought I was. Was I? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what makes it more like the parental approval. But I think you can get your parental approval because they, they're base shapeshifters. There yeah. really is going to be no issues. They might play a prank on your parents and say, like, we're actually pregnant. Like, I'm pregnant. And he's like, yo, what? This is like our third date, and you're, we just happened to meet my parents or some shit like that. That is probably one of the more realistic uh, yeah. assumptions of a monster that you've ever given on the show. That's hurtful. I think most of my most of my my presumptions have been pretty correct. Lafayette's gonna definitely like max out your credit cards. Uh, mm-hmm. Lamy's gonna eat your parents, and mm-hmm. Harpies are fine doms, which are mm-hmm. all correct assumptions. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give this an eight. I'm giving it to you. Wow! Oh my really, god! I, I don't know what what the fuck was that? I don't know what happened. What the fuck was that? Um. No. <laughs> okay. Math? So math. Okay. So now we got our overall scores. Uh, I got a, a six point three for the Katsune, which 6. is actually pretty. Six point eight. Sorry, I got a six point eight for the Katsune, which is actually pretty high, surprisingly, for Monster of Mizu. And you got a what? I got a seven point eight. Oh, okay, so just one point higher than me. And so that we average out, that gets a 7.3, which is a pretty high monster on our scale, to be honest. Pretty high, I think. Yeah. Um, it's not as high as Selkie's. Yeah, I don't think... Selkie's is the one to beat, genuinely. 
Mm-hmm. Because Selkies is a straight 8.0. Mm-hmm. There's no monster that's currently beating it. And it's actually higher than Aaron Yee's, which is our which is our second higher. It takes the Aaron Yee's second spot. I do need to update the score sheet very much. So, oh, okay. well, it, yes, but as it is, yeah. yes, that is the scores. Yeah. So that thinks it does it for the uh, the killer Katsunes. But now I think we're moving on to our third and final monster of our show, which is our mystery producer monster. Again, we have no idea what this monster is. We have absolutely no clue what our producers have chosen as the air monster. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe, are you ready to dive in and see what monster we have to talk about? Yeah, let's go. All right. Three, two, one. All right. I'm opening the document now. What? Oh, my God. Are you (laughs) fucking joking? This has to be a joke. This genuinely has to be a joke. Are you? You know what? She would pick this. She would pick this. Yeah. She fucking would. This is up her alley. This is definitely yeah. a monster. She she this is up her alley. So what we are looking at right now is Wanshi Tong Wanshi Tong? Wanshi Tong. Of the the library owl from Avatar, Lost Our River. I, I can't oh, okay. Joe, would you like to read it off? Yes, I would. Wanshi Tong is an ancient, wise, and powerful spirit who collects information for his immeasurably large spirit library. He is the most knowledgeable being among humans and spirits, never missing an opportunity to learn new facts or boast about his vast intelligence. Although his regular shape is that of a huge black and white barn owl, when angered he can assume much more frightening, stronger forms, such as that of a feathered serpentine beast both of which are respected symbols of wisdom in different parts of the world. I hate this thing. I, 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 I hate him. Let me rephrase from why I hate this thing. So, it's not like he... I understand that he doesn't like to like give out knowledge because humans hurt. Like, humans use that knowledge to hurt each other. And so he wants to hoard... Not really hoard, but like keep all the knowledge away from those who want to bring harm to the world. I get that. I just hate his second form when he's that long disgusting bird thing because it makes me uncomfortable when i look at him the bird thing or this the snake thing the snake thing the snake when he like uses his head as like a giant snake it just makes me uncomfortable and he doesn't <laughs> using his personality like based from the show he doesn't seem like he would be a good lover uh-huh like he's i think he's somebody who would constantly like you'd say something and he'd constantly be like well actually and it's like no okay dude <laughs> Like, I get it. Like, I, it was just hyperbole. He's like, no, no, no. Well, actually, the Southern Water Tribe does blah, 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 blah. I was like, okay, man. I, I didn't need the whole history lesson. And then it's like, it also turns into the idea of, like, he'd also get upset at you. I think if you got too many things wrong. Or, like, if you touch, like, a book of his, like, on a book. He's like, none of these bookshelves can be touched. Like, this is stays here. He's like, well, I wanted to, like, let my friend borrow. He was interested in your, like, first edition copy. Like, or like your edition and copy of like William Shakespeare, like he was he, he picked it up and read it, and he's like, "How dare you let people pick up my William books?" Shakespeare. I don't know, man. But like, how dare you take my books and blah 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 blah. So it's kind of just like he he seems like a like just a possessive type. He's like a possessive nerd type. Can I tell you something? Yeah, go for it. This is probably the first bird creature I've ever been attracted to. Oh I'm my watching, god! Um, the Last Airbender. Probably had to do with his voice. True. He's got a sexy voice. 
I feel like owls, for whatever reason, I've, not all the time, are maybe, I guess this a barn owl at the very least is like one of the more easier birds to look at for me. It's funny because I, yeah, I do agree in general that knowledge should be widely accessible and distributed. It is an, it is a tough situation because I'm certainly in the world of Avatar as well as the world fucking now, I don't, I would have, I would struggle with wanting to give out information that could potentially cause an end wars or whatever other type of information or knowledge that he had. It feels like, okay, let me, let me rephrase the scenario that I made. It feels like he is a, like a librarian of like this vast, like the library of Congress. Imagine like he like helps run the library or something like the library of Congress. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, Hey, I want to look into this information that might be able to save hundreds of lives. Like the idea is that it could save hundreds of lives. Like, honestly, he's like, no, I had, he, I think he does the thing where it's like, I had one or two bad experiences and now no one can ever do it again. That's he's very like, general. True. It's fair. In certain ways, it was like, hey, listen, but this could save hundreds of thousands of lives. Like, no, no, one or two bad experiences. I don't care. Well, people would just, people have to seek him out if they want that information is the thing. True. So he's hard to work for. He's kind of like a queen. And I agree. Definitely probably not like a good lover. He's certainly, um, there's this episode in Bones, which is like fucking, that is a long, that is an old hit, where Bones, the fucking forensicist, um, has two boyfriends that she does not tell the either about. Because one is more intellectually stimulating and the other one is more sexually stimulating. That just seems like the shit that he would probably pull, but, like, he means it. Yeah. Um, I feel like he'd tell you to your face which one you are. Right. And, yeah, he would very much tell you, I also have this other partner who is more sexually stimulating than you are. And to me, that's not a bad thing. For you, that's probably a bad thing. He would make me feel sad. Yeah. I think, like, if I wasn't prepared for it, I'd be like, hey, like, do you enjoy having sex with me? He's like, not really. I kind of just do it because you need to, like, get off every once in a while. I was like, okay, then can I have another lover? And he'd probably, I feel like he'd say no. He would say yes. He would definitely say yes. No, I feel like he'd say no. I feel like he'd be possessive. We don't know who this person is, but in my sort of world, especially if you're a human, it feels ridiculous for him to not also be like, no, yeah fuck off and like fuck other people and then when you're back here you know whatever i mean if he's more open to everything or is just like listen logically i get more sexual simulation from this person and you're just here because i emotionally connect with you like that's about it but i don't like if you need to find somebody else to have sex with do it because that's like logically what you have to do yeah i get that but i also feel like it's the same like same coin of like he's open to experiences and he wants to gain new like knowledge and he understands that knowledge should be shared but also like kept not taken advantage of but then also the flip coin is he's possessive of that knowledge. And so he might be possessive of you and be like, no, I prefer if like, no. we just did my emotional. Like, I like you for emotional experience. I don't need you doing other things kind of vibe. No. I think it could be, I, I think it's the, it could be the same coin kind of shit. You as a lover is not the same thing as his maintenance and guarding protection of dangerous information. Yeah, but if we take that philosophy and put it to a lover scenario it does not work it does not work it does how because it's like you're putting say you put people instead of books people are not books okay but we're putting that same devotion to the books 
like his same level of fervor to knowledge, we're putting that to a relationship, which he's willing, if he's not taken advantage of, to do it. But if there's no advantage for him to let you go off and do Honestly, something else. this guy's work over relationships. True. And if sex happens, then it happens. If love happens. I don't think love can happen with him. Right. Like, it, whatever happens, it'll be more short term because this dude probably fucking... He's already dead, I believe, because he's from the spirit world. But he already lives lives forever, technically. Yeah. So whatever, you know, human relationship he's going to have, he knows it's going to be short term. The human's going to know that it's going to be short term for him, technically. Yeah. I think there's no love that can burst from this. I'm and fine if he with wants that. And if he wants to have sex with you, it's like, I want to just... I've read it in a book and I want to experience the physical knowledge of it. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I don't need to be in a long-term relationship with someone that is interested in being in a romantic or sexual relationship for that long, has clear-cut boundaries of, like, this is the experience that I want, and if neither of us are into it, or specifically if I am not into it, I would like to end it. And that's just respectable. That's, like, boundaries. And it's like, sure, yeah, cool. I just want that Al Dick and I respect, I mean, I, in general, I have to respect his sort of uh, platform about the maintenance of information because he was hurt before by people. And to a degree, there's some kind of, there's a compassion in him that he probably is just too old to be able to show at this point that I want knowledge to be something that people can use, but because I am this old and I've been hurt before. I'm probably going to only take these few experiences that I've had out of probably the many and let that be the judge and base of how I distribute this knowledge in general. Okay. And that's very fair to me. I think, okay. I think with you, explaining, I get it. That, that makes sense. I do think I disagree a little bit with the, I think how it turns into a, like how it, be based on a relationship wise yeah certainly it does not have to be a relationship but i think we can jump into the popo scale and break it down yeah yeah so we're starting with possibility as always and with possibility i'm gonna give this a three Mm, yeah the reason being a like i said i always like to bring up location it's not a major factor like well and sometimes it's a major factor because like going to the bottom of the ocean for some places not gonna work but for this one you have to find the library, which has been buried underneath the sand for millions or like, I think, centuries or thousands of years, uh, climb in and then like have a relationship with him. But then also once that's once the library was buried, it's only located in the spirit world. And mm-hmm. the only reason people can go into the spirit world now is because like Korra was able to converge it. But even then, getting access to the library with his own like personality trait is not happening. I think even if you've managed to find the library, he's not going to let you in. He's not going to let you in your heart. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's even a two for me because I would really have to like chance upon him rather than like actively seek him out in general. Like, I mean, if I were on like an expedition with people or I don't know, in whatever situation, I can imagine myself not wanting to work that hard to see him. So it, it's certainly like a two for me. And then even if we're going by his physicality, like he is like an eight, like a 20 foot tall owl. His penis is not getting inside you. Mm-hmm. There's no way. There's physically just no way. That's true. And then also again, wings. Well, let's go to uh, attractive. Actually, speaking of his dick, let's go to attractiveness. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Eight. Eight? Eight. For a bird monster, that's pretty high for you. 
for a bird monster, for a bird monster, it is pretty high. The voice, and I think the fear turning into sexual desire for me as a child, still speaks in waves. I think now. Nice. All right, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I again, he's twenty feet tall. He's feathery. He has wings. His voice is really what like does it for me. Like you said, I'm gonna give it a five. Yeah, I don't think he's that hot. I do think like his voice is hot. His dick probably good but i also don't think he gives good dick i think he just follows a diagram <laughs> he's like this should be sexually satisfying to you he's like man you just keep hitting my prostate dog please i mean <laughs> okay you're just cool. like going at like a 2020 beat a 444 beat audacity this is extremely audacious this is pretty audacious yeah i'd give this a one to a two which one <laughs> I, i'll give it a two i'll give it a two i'll be nice i'll give it a two i'm gonna give it a two as well yeah it's audacious He's mostly involved in his books. You have to find the library. There's no way you can, like, romancing him is difficult in any sense of the word. Or even, not even romancing, like, flirting with him is basically, like, a nil possibility. Mm -hmm. Parental approval? Not happening. That's not happening at all. Uh huh. Like, there's, A, it's a 20-foot tall owl. There's no way your parents are going to approve you actually fucking a 20-foot tall owl. And then second of all, even if he was like in a human form, I think his personality would rub everyone the wrong way. <laughs> that there's no way your parents would be like, this is who you're marrying? A fucking nerd? He'd looked at our books and said like we were mistreating them and then just taking all of our so books the away. The problem is that he's a nerd and not an owl. I mean, it's a little bit of both. Well, I'm Korean, so a nerd is fine. The owl part, probably the most le less least fine. I, I say, like, a nerd is a problem. Like, I don't play fucking D&D regularly and push up my glasses and be like, well, actually. And your parents still kind of love you. So. Yeah, kind of. Uh, but now we'll do the overall score. What was your parental score? Where was parental score? I gave it a one. Oh, you gave you it a one. one. Yeah, yeah. I am giving it a five. Oh, okay. That's, that's fair. I, you know, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give it to you. That's a fair. I do think it's a lot high for an actual 20-foot tall owl. Again, sort of the thing of... Uh, I don't know how often Wan Tong is able to shapeshift into, like, anything. So I'm not going to say that the polymorph situation is perfect or, like, even 100% possible. But I feel like, I don't know. In what situation really is my parents going to be able to? I don't think there's any way I you guess, would meet this bird. Your right, yeah. Bird. Yeah, it would be very confusing. But I guess they would be like, oh, he's, like, really smart and, like, has, like, has this huge fucking calling to himself that's interesting can we I see thought you were gonna say huge no? fucking schlong i was like why are you telling your parents he's that? this huge fucking cock dude he's not a huge fucking schlonger wonger and honestly i'm glad child, for you. you deserve that you no. deserve to get fucking impaled <laughs> thanks mom and dad thanks mom and dad for letting me get a schlonger wonger all right <laughs> let's do some math let's pause for math all right, so adding up mine and Joe's scores, we get a 3.6 for Wan Shi Tong. Uh, I got a 2.8, which honestly I think is absolutely fair. And Joe, what'd you get? I got a 4.3. So that's not too high. Like, I think it's a cool monster in concept. Like, this is one of those things where I think it's a cool monster or a cool creature in general, and I'd love to, like, talk with it more. But when it comes to a sexual partner, not, not into it. Mm-hmm, mm hmm So, Joe, I think it's time we wrap up our Sky or our Air episode with a little bit of a rundown of our scores. You ready? Can you do it? Can you, yeah. I'm a little busy. Are you a little busy? What are you doing? What are you doing? So that's your busy bit. 
Your mom? Oh, she's talking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So starting with our third place monster for the air episode we just heard is actually Wan Shi Tong with a 3.6. Like we said, he's a cool monster in concept, a cool monster to be around, but not a sexually satisfying partner. In second place with a 5.9 are the Hazard of Har- Harpies of Legend. Uh, again, one of the higher ranked monsters in general for MFA, but when it comes to the air creatures, it's just they are kind of torturous, kind of just cantiquerous kind of vibes, and not really poss- like physically possible to be with. And in first place, ranking at a 7.3, one of the highest monsters in MFA 7 episode history is the Katsune. Which, Joe, how, how proud are you that Katsune's uh, number one here? It was a win for East Asians. Congratulations, we're sending your medal in the mayor. So, with that, those are the overall scores. Joe, what are your closing thoughts on our air episode? Um, if you blow into a vagina, it'll explode. I can't with you, Doug. I can't believe we're doing this. That's that's your closing thought? That's your fucking closing thought? If you blow into a vagina, a, f- a fox baby comes out. Are you fucking... <laughs> Joe! You, uh... Wake Joe. up in a forest with no clothes. Joe, I you know what? Fine, fine. I'll take it. It's it's better than the lo- it's better than other ones. You know, uh, my closing thoughts. I want to thank everybody for listening to our seventh episode. It's been a lot of fun talking to you, everything. We actually have a little bit of an announcement. We probably should have done at the top of the episode, but we'll do it now for those of you who made it this far. We are actually launching a Kofi. The Kofi is going to be a way for you guys to support us, but also have goals that we here at MFA are going to try to achieve like a drunk episode, different sprites that you see on TikTok and Twitter, uh, even streams where we do dating sims, or we do even a live episode of MFA where you guys in chat can talk to us and add your opinions. So we're adding rewards. If you want to support us, there's like just a base tier where you can donate whatever you want, or B, I think it's like $3 to be a member. But that'll be launching very soon. And if you guys want to support us, we'd really appreciate it. It's to help pay for our editor who has to sit through and suffer through this uh, with Kez, help to pay for more sprites uh, for the TikTok and Twitter, like I said, and help to just fund so we can keep making this wonderful, wonderful project that me and Joey and Kez all enjoy. So if you can, please do. If you can't, listening is more than enough. Fund Ruby's McDonald's addiction. Money. Addiction? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is all actually to fund Ribby's our artist's McDonald's addiction. It's thousands of dollars and we're in the hole. Please, please help us. Oh, wait. Oh, God. Ribby's knocking on my door. Yeah, He's here for the money. I don't have the money, Joe. Okay, we have to end the episode. We have to end the episode Bye. now. Bye. Bye. Oh, God, Ruby.